0: Welcome to today's energy show. On today's show, we're going to talk about the best way for you to get a good, reliable rooftop solar system installed. And the best way to do that is to hire the right contractor. The question is, how do you decide who's a good contractor? Uh, You're going to want to find a company that has a lot of experience. Everybody's going to tell you they have a lot of experience. You want to find a company that has the right qualifications and certification. In California and many other states, you can find a certified solar contractor. California has a or a C10 license. Many other states have licensing. But surprisingly, uh, a lot of these licenses don't necessarily mean that the contractors know how to sell, design, and install a rooftop solar system. The California C10 license is for an electrician, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they know the details of how to attach solar panels to your roof without leaking. Some states have no licensing requirements at all. So There's a national certification program in place called NABCEP. NABCEP stands for the North American Board of Certified Energy Practitioners. The first NABCEP solar PV certification test was administered over a dozen years ago, 2003. Um, Somehow I signed up for that test and I passed it and I still have the certificate on the wall. But, But that was in the early days. Now NABCEP's grown quite a bit and they're providing a lot of good national certification for people and companies that are interested in providing solar services solar hot water, and solar photovoltaic. Now they're considered the gold standard for solar installation and sales training. So my guest this week is Richard Lawrence. He's the executive director of NABCEP, and Richard's got a great background in education and training, which is really important as you build this big workforce in the the country. He's been expanding NABCEP's training efforts to keep up with the really rapid growth in the PV industry. So welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you. All right, good. So why don't you give me a little bit of an introduction about what NABCEP is and how it got started?
1: Sure. Uh, I wasn't around during the formation of the board, uh, but have been in conversations and seen a lot of documentation for what happened in the, the earlier days of the organization. Uh, but basically, there was you know, a group of people in the solar industry. Uh, this was right around the year 2000 or just before that. That started to worry about the installation quality and uh, of systems that were being put in, and and what could happen if there were a number of you know poorly installed systems uh, that started to to fail. Uh, there were examples from the you know the earlier days of the solar heating industry. I think that ties into the tax credits and stuff that went away then as well. But uh, you know they, it was difficult for the solar heating industry to to pull out of some of the the issues that were were there around poor installations. So a group of, you know, dedicated people within the solar industry got together and said, "What what can we do about this and help to improve the quality of installations uh, in order to ensure that the industry uh, succeeded and, you know, had a good reputation uh, so that everybody, you know, whether that be manufacturing, uh, people making the products, to those you know, making their living installing and maintaining the systems, uh, had a good reputation and, and could grow and succeed. So they formed a, a board, a, a nonprofit organization, and developed a set of certification standards for uh, certifying the people who were engaged in that business.
0: Yeah, that that's um th- that's exactly the way I remember back in 2000, 2001. Uh, I remember talking to Don Loberg, who I think was one of the first directors, and Don is a old time P V guy and also Les Nelson who's who's been very active in the solar industry really forever, a pioneer there. We've had him on the show and he was a solar thermal guy. So they got started and uh, that was great. The the other reason that, that NABSEP was really good is there were no kind of general generally available training programs. So if if you wanted to learn how to install a PV system, there were union training programs, and, and a lot of the unions, the electrical unions, the plumbing unions offer those, and that's great. But if you're not a union member, uh, there's really no option. So NABSEP was also very, very useful kind of getting started as an alternative to some of the other apprenticeship programs that, w- that were out there. Um, and um, it's it's just been a, a terrific program, and I know lots and lots of people that have uh, that learned how to, to install PV, and I know a lot of the employees that I have are, are studying for the tests and, and trying to get certified for that, so that's really good. What what are some of the problems that homeowners may have encountered with solar installations? You kind of referred to those, but I'm happy to get more specific on on the show with those so that, that our listeners really can know what to look out for. Sure.
1: The, if you're looking at Specifically, some of the technical issues that can happen. Because there, there's, I think, all along the process, there's a there's a host of things that the, the the homeowners need to be aware of. You know, starting with the sales proposal that they're provided with. Uh, there's a you know a lot of information that's contained in a sales proposal, or there should be a lot of you know, a fair amount of information contained in a sales proposal, and it's going to heavily rely on some performance estimates uh, based on data about how much sunlight is going to be at that that location, uh, taking into effect uh, shading considerations if there's any trees or buildings or things like that that might shade the array. Uh, so really carefully looking at the uh, sales proposal from the start to make sure that there's honest estimates with regard to the production. Uh, and that's been a challenge that you know, looking at as well as, you know, one thing that a lot of sales proposals will include and, and rightfully so is, is, a, is a utility escalator saying that, that your utility bill will continue to go up over time and looking at what the, the numbers are used to project that out is, is important because you'll see a lot of uh, savings there you know, years down the road, which which could be overinflated. So yeah, it's, it's difficult to compare one sales proposal to another. And so, you know, looking at that from the start and making sure that what you're signing up for is going to be good.
0: Let me just jump in there with the, with regards to the sales proposal. And that's something that I've uh, grappled with since 2001, how to kind of make sure that a company has consistent, honest, objective information. And, and we ended up kind of boiling it down into software and the, the salespeople would have to follow the, the software. The software would tell you what the the output is, but it amazes me um, how many companies or how many people get systems installed, where, I mean, it's even in my neighborhood here where I look around the corner and, and there's a solar array underneath a magnolia tree, which is like shaded almost all day. Yeah. So these people got these systems from big companies and they're happy to get the system, but the output's got to be a fraction of what it would be, um, you know, in, an, in another circumstance. So it's it's an ongoing pro- problem and uh, it's, it's one that's really tough to overcome. Because even if you have algorithms and software that say, uh, this is the output of the system based on the shading analysis that somebody could fudge the number on the shading analysis and say there's really uh, no shading when in reality there might be 40% shading. So that's that's really an ethics issue in the industry as opposed to a technical thing, but um, it's something that, that we've got to resolve to make sure that homeowners get the output that they expect.
1: Yeah, and it's, it is a technical thing in that the people need to be able to use the software and and know what to look for and make the proper adjustments to that. Uh, there's definitely a lot of of good software programs out there now. Uh, there's been a, a lot of improvement in that in the last few years with um, putting together better sales proposals, which has been great to see. You know, the we do certify technical sales professionals in the in the solar industry. And uh, with part of that, we look at the sales proposals that uh, they're preparing and, and, and giving to their customers. And we've just seen, you know, some really excellent proposals that are being put out there today compared to, you know, a few years ago where it was a, a much more of a guessing game.
0: Yeah, and the whole thing about the energy escalation rate, that's just a crapshoot. And some people, it <laughs> makes a huge difference. I mean, we're, we're at, at Cinnamon Solar, basically, I could never figure out what it was going to be. So we basically just say it's zero. And, mm. and you know it's going to go up. But if we say it's zero, our... Our customers are going to be happy five years from now because electricity is going to go up, as opposed to picking a number, three um, percent, five percent, because it really skews the results once you get into those outlying years.
1: It, it's huge, and it shows up as a big number uh, on the savings, and it catches you know catches your eye as a customer uh, that you're going to save you know these tens of thousands of dollars with your system that's installed today uh, because it's going to produce energy for twenty years, and twenty years from now the price of power is going to be and they, you know, they put an overinflated number there, uh, so it makes it look like you're, you know, you're going to save a, a whole lot of money when, uh, you know, and so when you're comparing one sales proposal to another, that's certainly an area to, to, to pay, pay yeah. close what, attention to.
0: What about some of the uh, the technical mistakes, the installation errors that may happen on your
1: roof? Yeah, the interesting thing is these days there's, um, uh, particularly with a lot of the leasing companies. Uh, with uh, a growing interest from the finance community and and uh, this uh, potential securitization of these contracts, is that there's been a lot more quality assurance starting to happen, uh, and meaning that they're going out and inspecting the the work done uh, on the systems that they've invested in, and the preliminary data that's that's coming out of these inspection agencies is is actually pretty scary. We're seeing uh, you know, on the sampling that they're doing of these systems is um, 40% in that range uh, have violations either in, in uh, of the code. Now, a lot of those are just going to be uh, something simply as, as a as a label misplaced uh, with some some key information that should be in a particular location. Uh, but you know, a a good number of systems are also seeing some pretty significant technical issues. Uh, one of the most common is uh, wire management. So the, the wires that come out of the back of the solar panel, making sure that those are secured properly. You know, they're, they're basically just hanging out in free air uh, if they're not dealt with. And that can be a, a significant issue over time. And it's not it's something that's basically hidden. You know, it's up on the roof. It's underneath the modules. And, you you, you know, you have to look really closely uh, to see if, if they they use proper wire management techniques to um, ensure that those wires aren't going to be hanging free and rubbing against, um, you know, against things and, and degrading over time.
0: Yeah, the, the wire um, management, that, that's tricky. Uh, inspectors usually check to make sure there's no dangling wires, and it does take extra long to kind of tuck those wires and tie them off properly. And there's there's kind of two ways to... to to manage and tuck those wires up. One is to use zip ties or some kind of plastic connector, and the other is to use a stainless steel clip. The problem is that the the zip ties cost like a nickel and the stainless steel clips cost 50 cents. So some installers, and it it used to be the practice that you would just use uh, UV resistant zip ties, but they only last about five or 10 years. And, and when I go up to do maintenance on systems that we put in 10, 12 years ago, uh, the plastic is usually degraded, whereas the stainless steel stuff, it lasts forever. But it is a lot of extra work, and, and extra work, extra time means extra cost, and especially where you've got companies that are motivated to install systems really fast or the installers are kind of getting paid piecework. You know, they get paid X dollars per kilowatt they install. They're going to z- z- skip through a lot of those extra tricky steps like wire management and just slap the panels up and go, to the next job. That's that's tough.
1: Yeah, and there's a, a, a variety of other areas where, um, you know, things need to be done properly, and, and taking that extra step that may result in a few more dollars per module being installed does result in, you know, a system that costs more, using the skilled, trained people to do the job, uh, certified people to do the job, uh, and making sure it's done right, you know, is going is going to cost a little more than uh, someone that's using cheaper components, cutting corners, and um, you know, trying to get you the system at the lowest price. What, what uh, about you know, know, very other very few other things uh, that we buy uh, that are really driven solely by wanting to buy the cheapest thing. You know, when you go and buy a car, you know, certain and and we're talking sort of in the price range here, you certainly. You know, price is a big factor, but if it's the sole factor, you're going to end up with a pretty crappy car, and you're not going to be happy with it. So, you know, there's lots of people buying more high-end cars because they're getting a better product, and, you know, consumers really need to to consider that with solar energy as well and look at what are the types of modules they're getting. Are they from a reputable company? Uh, Again, inverter, what are the skilled, are the people they're hiring, you know, trained and certified? And and pay for for that, and it'll make a better economic sense in the long run.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Where where a lot of people are trying to say, I'm gonna um, cut corners to find the cheapest contractor. Um, in my experience, even the less expensive panels, the cheaper inverters, they're usually going to work pretty well. But cutting corners with the contractor, finding somebody that's not as skilled, or finding somebody that's going to just blast through and not care about the wire management or do as good a job on the design or the shading—that's where it's really going to hurt you. It's and that's where NABSEP I think really comes in well to make sure the people are are trained. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very glad that, that the program's out there and really helping. Now, what about kind of on the design process and the selection of equipment? Um, it seems to me that over the past dozen years or so, the, the equipment's gotten a little bit more flexible and the design has gotten a little bit more standardized. It's easier to figure out what how to, how to put the pieces together, the wiring, the inverter, the modules together on the roof so that it's going to work. How, how, um, how is NAPSEP helping with that?
1: Well, the when you look at our job task analysis, the uh, the first major domain of it is to verify the design that's been provided, and there there is still a lot of um, you know effort that needs to be done. While there are you know more standardized systems, uh, rarely when you come out to a house are you, or or a commercial building, uh, are you going to find sort of that this fits the this this off the shelf you know product, and there always is some almost always is some design work that's needed. The other thing with, with solar is, as you know, working in the industry, that the, the systems need to be designed for the particular location. The, the actual the temperature that is experienced at that location greatly affects the design. So you can't just take a system from Southern California and expect to install that same system up in Northern California, uh, because you're going to uh, experience lower temperatures up there, and 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 higher voltages, and it may not work. Yeah, uh, or
0: or or Buffalo, where you're going to get a little bit of snow every once in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's mechanical considerations as well. Certainly, uh, as you get towards the coast and you get into the the uh, the salt environments, uh, and then the more humid environments, you know, if there's some component selection that's going to be a little more important to make sure it's corrosion resistance. So design is still a big piece of making sure you're getting a good system. And our PV installation professional certification has a, a large component of the, the job task analysis is around verifying that design, verifying the mechanical design uh, with regard to uh, snow loads and wind loads, uh, depending on the locations, uh, as well as the, the electrical design and ensuring that it's, um, code compliant and uh, that the, all the components are going to work together. There's certainly again with the like the financial tools, there's a lot better tools that are coming out today uh, that help with that design process and make it easier for the installers to you know do that work and to do uh, redesigns, for instance, if the modules that they want that they'd originally planned on using, uh, the project gets delayed. Those modules aren't available anymore, uh, or they've they've come out with a new version that's slightly higher in wattage. They can do a quick redesign, you know using the software. Uh, that's you know much faster process than it used to be.
0: yeah, that, that's there, there's so many ways that 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 software and those techniques have have helped. Well, um, while we're talking about these programs, if you could just give us an overview, uh, of the different programs that, that NABSEP offers. What, what are the different training programs that you guys have?
1: Sure, and, and it, sometimes it's, it's actually a big surprise. NABSEP doesn't actually do any training. Uh, we, we are the, the certification body, so what we do is, uh, I, I like to call it sort of the bookends. We create uh, the job task analysis or the set of learning objectives for a course, and then we create the examination at the end to uh, test that somebody does have that knowledge. Uh, we do require training to qualify for the certification exams or to sit for our entry-level exams, but we don't actually provide the training ourselves because there's, uh, there's sort of a conflict of interest be- between uh, actually teaching the-, the material and then testing on the material. So we serve as the, the testing agency uh, to verify that somebody did learn the-, the material. We do have a network of training providers that are registered with us uh, with our entry-level exam program, uh, we have, which is you know, which is where I'd encourage anyone looking to get into into the solar industry to start with an entry-level exam program. What that course does is it covers the you know the fundamentals of the technology, the science, uh, the basics of design and installation process, how to work safely on a job, and uh, we have a network of 250 or so training providers uh, throughout the country that deliver that fundamentals course. It's appropriate for you know, an electrician who doesn't really know a lot, a lot about solar but, but has a lot of electrical knowledge. It's appropriate for a, an engineer or a designer, a salesperson uh, that wants to get into the solar industry and learn the fundamentals. Um, so it's really applicable to a lot of people working in the industry and getting your foot in the door.
0: And yeah. So so, so what we've about got
1: about 50 of them in, in California and then throughout the rest of the country. You take that training course, you can sit for our entry-level exam at the end of that our professional certification exams are geared towards those who are working in the industry. We have the PV installation professional, the uh, PV technical sales professional, and the solar heating installer. Uh, to, t- to qualify for those exams, you do have to have experience doing those jobs, and uh, typically you have to also have ex- more ad- advanced training uh, to sit for those exams.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So it's a, it's a good scope of certification from people that just want to get started to people who are really in the industry. And I'm glad to hear that you've got ongoing programs for solar heating because in lots of places around the country, especially if you've got propane or electrical hot water heat, uh, solar heating just makes so much sense. Now, these are all programs that are oriented towards individuals. What about for companies? Is there a way for a company to get certified in some way to be uh, you know, NABCEP certified?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and, and we often uh, run into individuals who come in, qualify, and and pass the exam. That then go back and say, "My company is now certified," and that's that's just not the case. And we've been dealing with that, that you know ever since the certification came out. Uh, the certification t- tests an individual person's ability. Uh, just a, a couple of years ago, we did launch the uh, a company accreditation program. So this is a program that does look at the company as a whole. It does have uh, qualifications for uh, individuals that are in certain roles within the company. So the installations do need to be certified, uh, do need to be supervised uh, by a certified installation professional. Uh, the design plans uh, need to be reviewed by a, a certified ins- installation professional. Uh, there's there's criteria for the sales staff in that they've had the basic training around fundamentals of solar and that a certain number of them have uh, achieved the, uh, at least passing the entry-level exam, uh, if not the professional technical sales certification. And we look at a lot of the policies and procedures that the company has uh, to ensure that a, a quality job is being done, people are working safely on the job, and that um, you know the customer is is getting what they have
0: asked for. That's 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 um, good that we're doing it on a company basis. So so um, I'm I'm wondering, um, as as we learn new things about systems, how does that uh, how does that change some of the NAPSA requirements? And specifically, I notice that you're based in Clifton Park, New York. It's above Albany. Did we learn anything about snow loads this year on solar arrays <laughs> on the roof? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Uh, I, well one thing I've learned uh, about the snow here is I, I, as you start off my background is in education and training and I, I used to tell everybody that the snow just slides off the panels um, and' I've, you know I've discovered that's actually not the case uh, unless you've got uh, you know a ground mounted array that's fairly steeply pitched and, and, and nothing underneath it that the snow does build up that it covers the arrays I've also found if you get it off quickly, it's going to come off quickly. If you don't, it's going to freeze and ice up and yeah. and stick and be a a, p- a pain and going to be there for months potentially. Yeah, and I, I've uh, also
0: learned personally that if you kind of get up on a ladder and push it with the broom at the bottom, it could end up all in your lap and you're going to be looking like the <laughs> abominable snowman. So, um, yeah, we, I yeah. think we've learned a lot there. So how how can people get in touch with NABCEP?
1: Certainly, the, our website is the best place to go. It's nabcep.org, N-A-B-C-E-P. Dot org. And, uh, you know, we've got all of our documents there about how do you qualify uh, to become certified, uh, where you find a training provider, uh, and it's also a place for consumers to go uh, to find a certified professional. So we've got a, a directory uh, with a map where you can, you can zoom in, you know, to your state and find uh, professionals and, and, and can contact them. Uh, through our directory.
0: So. Yeah, that's 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 terrific. And and I'd encourage anybody who's listening to the show or the podcast, if you're interested in the solar industry um, and you're just getting started, get get involved with the NABCEP entry-level program and, and take that test. And then if you want to be a professional, um, whether it's sales or installation, um, it's it's a great program. Well, that's all the time we've got on this week's Energy Show. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today, and especially thanks to Richard Lawrence for being our guest. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.